Hi there and welcome to the We Are Perth podcast. I'm Jamie Bates and today I am joined by Adam Ingalls, Ross County fan and contributor to the 12th Man Fan Media website. We'll be discussing Saints' upcoming game against Ross County, the Dingwall side's start to the Premiership season and last season's head-to-head clashes. Okay, Adam, this is our second attempt at this uh, after after some uh, silliness from myself yesterday. Hopefully we can uh, we can actually publish this podcast today with some uh, nice clear audio and uh, we don't lose too much from our, our chat yesterday. So we'll dive straight into it. This is uh, Saints against Ross County on Saturday, the Richie Britton derby. Um, you know, I, probably a, a, a big game for both teams at this stage in the season. Um, a game that both will see as uh, as winnable. Um, both teams sitting kind of in the same kind of part of the league table. Uh, a point separates the Two teams. Um, what what can Saints fans expect to see from Ross County this season? How, how do you expect your uh, your guys to set up, and um, what what are the strengths and weaknesses in the county team? What I see is that County will probably set out exactly the same way as we did against Celtic, and I know that wasn't exactly uh, the best outcome for us, but. Um, the approach of possession-based play was exactly uh, what got us the early wins against Motherwell and Hamilton. So I fully expect the fact that um, we will probably set out with exactly the same team as we did against Celtic. Um, And we'll go back to doing the possession-based attacking play uh, that that, that, that gave us the points early in the season. Um, I fully expect us to use... uh, the full length of the pitch as well. Um, we don't seem to be the long ball county of old, um, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, I feel, fully expect us to, uh, to to be on the attack and uh, try and keep as much of the ball as we can. Um, with regard to uh, Ross County this season, though, uh, yeah, the main priority has to be that we just have to stay up. Um, however, you know, like, like yourselves, uh, the main kind of focus and dream is to actually get into the top six and potentially push for Europe. Uh, I was excited with obviously the the, the first couple of results. Um, there was a possibility that we might be uh, for once not uh, down in the basement, but it kind of looks like everything's gone back to normal and it's Groundhog Day again for Ross County fans, whereby uh, we're struggling a little bit uh, with uh, leaking at the back. One of the main concerns I do have is, uh, unlike the the first couple of games where we actually got back-to-back clean sheets, which is incredibly rare, um, we we seem to be a bit panicky at the back at the moment. And my concern would be that the uh, the chances that St Johnston have created but failed to convert, such as against Motherwell, um, you will get more opportunity, more space, and more time to do that against us. Oh, I think that's uh, you, you've really hit on what the issue's been for Saints so far this season. We've uh, we've been creating plenty of chances and just not putting the ball in the net. And um, if if you don't do that, you don't win games, as we've seen with our our defeats against Hibs and Aberdeen and Motherwell. Um, you look back at the way the games went. You look at the stats off the back of it. We had the best chances in those games, and we we were killed by. Um, you know, against Hibs, we lose a penalty in injury time. Against Aberdeen, we concede to a deflection late in the game. Against Motherwell, they don't actually create a clear chance in the match, and they score a, a cracker of a goal from Alan Campbell. Um, you know, a really nice turn, a good finish from outside the box. 
um, that I don't think anyone else in that Motherwell team would have been capable of. Um, and we lose all three games 1-0 when we've had enough chances in all of them to, to get at least a point, if not more, out of them. Um, so as far as Saints will be concerned, it will be a positive that, you you know, if County maybe aren't defending as well as they could, that will be a good thing. What we really need, though, is for the likes of Stevie May and Calm Hendry. Calm Hendry in particular, I think, um, has been guilty of this, is just not taking their chances. Um, Stevie May has got one goal this season. He's not played all that much yet because he was injured at the start and is just kind of working yeah. his way back into the team off the bench. Um, Hendry has had quite a few chances. He did put one in the net and it was wrongly disallowed against Hibs, um, which is unfortunate. He could really have done with that, that confidence boost. Um, so, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this game pans out. As you say, uh, County started well this season. They got the wins against um, Motherwell and Hamilton. Um, you know, you, there seems to be quite a lot of positives taken from that Celtic game, despite the, the heavy scoreline, though. Yeah, so uh, we went back to the approach that we had at the start of the season, which I actually found really encouraging in that um, it's very rare for us to even win a half against Celtic, so to speak. Um, but we were we were very positive against them. We made them sit back. Um, we tried to keep a hold of the ball. And the fact that KLL just wanted to try a possession-based approach and an attacking approach to get us back to what our principles really were from the start of the season, even though it was against one of the old firm, is really encouraging. And certainly against teams that are going to sit back and be pragmatic against County, um, such as yeah, your Hamiltons, even your St. Johnstons of this world, where we'll get even more of the ball, we might be able to... Um, with an added little bit of quality, we might be able to actually convert some of the chances. Uh, against Celtic, we, had, we hit the post twice. Um, we were just missing that kind of clinical finishing, um, which that would be the first thing that I'd work on on the training ground. But yeah, I, I fully expect us to, to, to use exactly the same approach as, as we did against Celtic. However, hopefully it'll be a lot more successful than uh, being leaky at the back. I guess the thing when you play Celtic and uh, I certainly the, the kind of, I guess the Rangers team we're seeing now is it's possible to play pretty well in these games and lose heavily. Um, I mean, I think uh, our game at Ibrox earlier in the season, we lost 3-0 and um, I think we found ourselves 2-0 down at half-time in that game, having probably been the better team for at least the first half hour. Had the chances, didn't take some, lost 3-0. Um, Rangers had a couple of chances and they scored a couple of really good goals and that's just how it goes in these games. Um, I, I think if you look back at last season's games between Saints and County, played four times, Saints didn't win any of them. Um, so County may be a bit of a bogey team over the past 12 months for Saints. And um, I think that, that that's a frustration for us because I think my recollection certainly of all four of those games is that Saints certainly in the three league games had had the better things for for huge periods um we look back at the the game just after christmas at mcdermott park saints had chance after chance after chance didn't take them and then ian vigers pops up and puts county in the lead luckily we got a, a late equalizer in that game um you know there's similar pattern in the, the two games up at dingwald as well where um we had plenty of chances plenty of possession uh, should have had a lead and didn't get it. Um, you know, I I think uh, 
it's it's kind of the the worrying thing is that that sounds an awful lot like what we've done at the start of this season. It's uh, failed to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think the the, the biggest uh, example of that was at the start of last season, the Betfred Cup group stages, first game of the season. You know, everyone's full of optimism. It's a beautiful sunny day at McDermott Park. Um, I wasn't there. I was uh, I was living down south this time. Well, at that time and this time last year and I'd managed to convince um, a, a pub in Cheltenham where I was staying to um, to put the game on the big screen there of, you know, getting the locals interested in a, in a pre, well, you know, first, first <laughs> game of the season, Betfred Cup game, I was like, you know, we've got to get, got to get behind the Saints here, come on, we'll start the, start the Gloucester St. Johnston Supporters Club branch right here, right now, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've sat there first half hour thinking, you know, we're doing really well here, what are the chances we've had, we should be a couple of goals up here, and then we concede, and then we concede again, and we lose 2-1, and then, and it was, you know, it kind of set the tone for the the first, you know, three or four months of the season for us, where we just defended really badly, and shipped goals left, right, and centre. Um, I think, though, um, if you look at St. Ross County seasons last year, we were kind of mirror images of each other, whereas we, we started so badly and were bottom of the league right up till December. Um, and then we were one of the form teams, if not the form team in the league behind Celtic mm-hmm. um, from kind of December onwards, whereas County started the season pretty well and looked like they were on a, yeah. a pretty heavy slide towards the end of the last season and you know maybe the the pandemic hit just at the right time for county to um to stop there having to be any kind of relegation <laughs> battle yeah let's not do conspiracy theories about COVID <laughs> whatever about let's certainly say that uh thank you to covid for uh, keeping county up because yeah we were we were definitely down to the bottom um but again a large part of the reason i would say for that would be the fact that we changed to be more pragmatic and the more pragmatic we were meant that we were inviting teams more and more on to us, which means that they got more opportunities to score. So it's a, it's a false economy kind of approach. It's something the county fans are used to, though. Um, and tightening up at the back is fine. It's a, it's a decent approach if you've actually got the quality to be able to do that. However, we don't. Um, I thought at the start of the season that, that we did, but I, I certainly saw uh, elements of county's usual uh, defensive problems creeping in um, in the Livingston game uh, it just seemed to be that there's an element of panic creeping back in um, there's many theories as to why, mine certainly is that um, even though Vigers is our captain uh, and it's good for him to be captain up top my view about having a captain is realistically uh, you should either have a captain that's marshalling the defence or you should have a vocal goalkeeper that can then control the defence and tell people where they should go we don't realistically have that. We've got a quiet keeper and it just seems that there's a lack of leadership um, in the area that's most important and most critical to us. When you talk about last season um, and counting against St. Johnston, realistically, we, we were treading water. So our, you know, with Mackay um, and Vigers continually doing everything they could, but more of, more, more of it was to do with them bailing out the fact that we made mistakes than the fact that we were actually trying to win games. So realistically, we were just treading water. This season, however, with uh, with, with the kind of more possession-based approach, the idea is that instead of us kind of stubbing our toe and then having to find a goal at desperate measures to uh, 
to, to, to scrap anything out of a game. It's more a case of can we take the leads, can we then try and hold on to that and then be in a positive position in case we do have these defensive errors. Um, I think with the signings of, uh, obviously with Donaldson, we identified that in January. Um, but Ayakovetti as well seems to be a, a, a good signing. And we've got young Reed now at the back as well. He's, he, he seems to be doing well, but I'd be concerned about him um, being slightly burnt out. However, again, like I say, I don't see um, particular quality when it comes to leadership in the back there. And that's something that I am concerned about uh, for tomorrow's game. Yeah, I think, um, it's, one thing I thought you said, that was interesting you said just slightly earlier about um, what we can expect from County is uh, you said you're going to kind of play the possession game and you wouldn't expect County to go long particularly. And that's interesting given you've got a guy like Ross Stewart playing up through the middle who's a big handful of a guy. You'd think that the tactic might be to try and play direct towards him. Um you know, he's, he's been one of these guys over the last year or so that's had a lot of attention for, you know, what is his potential? How how high can he go? What's he worth to Ross County? Um, he's a guy that also has a tendency to pop up absolutely everywhere in the park for County. You know, one minute he'll be up top, um, you know, putting a chance on a plate for someone else or having a shot himself. The next minute he'll pop up at centre-back, you know, thwarting a dangerous attack. Um What's he worth to County in, in terms of his value and, you know, his uh, his contribution on the park? So my understanding is that um, County have rejected a couple of bids from uh, Rotherham and um, one from Aberdeen. The, the club's position is pretty clear that they want seven figures. Now, if that's one million and one pounds, fair enough. But then... Um, we have to we have to sell based on the market value, and again, I think they're using London Knights as, as the prime example. I am in no means putting Ross Stewart in the same bracket as London Dykes. However, um, if a guy that realistically has quite a a, a light CV uh, such as London Dykes can go for two million, and two million does seem to be kind of spare change for uh, for for English clubs, uh, certainly in the Championship, then County have every right to uh, to say well. Surely, um, we're due um, what should be market value. So it's, it's interesting because he is our talisman. Um, he's really, really important. He, he's got a great engine on him. He goes everywhere, all over the park. Um, he's very, very useful, obviously, because of his physicality um, in defence. But he uses this exactly the same skill set uh, in attack. Um, he's an absolute nightmare for defenders. The only thing that he's missing slightly is a little bit of quality with his, his finishing. Um, but we did we did see him have chances against Celtic. Uh, yeah, the natural assumption would be that we should just play the long ball and play him on his own up front and keep hunting the ball up. And eventually, statistically, <laughs> he will probably uh, get a chance and score. That's not really his game, though. Um, he he he. Despite the fact that he's he's physical uh, and he gets into these positions when we have set pieces, he actually drops into midfield and he'll pick the ball up and essentially play in the hole and provide it to Mackay. So that's that's the way that we play. Does there have to be a slight change and a switch there? We make him him the talisman. Where he essentially sits up front. Um, potentially, that's something that we may well see, and it's something that we have seen actually when it comes to. Um, if we're desperate to get a goal. But it's certainly not something that we start games with. 
It's interesting that you make the comparison with Lyndon Dykes because um, you know he's gone for two million pounds. He's gone down to the Championship. He's already scored for QPR um, down there, and he's had a couple of uh, very decent games um, for Scotland in the last couple of weeks. But actually, when you look at the the, the numbers from last season, Ross Stewart was seven goals in twenty one games. Lyndon Dykes was nine in about thirty, something like that, in all competitions. Mm. Um, mm. They're about the same age. There's not a great deal of difference there. And, um, you know, it's not like they're both really young guys bursting through on the scene that have got, a, a, you know, several more levels to go through. They're both 24, 25 kind of age bracket. They're kind of just a couple of years away from being in their absolute prime as uh, players. So, you know, as two guys that are broadly similar with similar records, yeah, I think County are entitled to ask for seven figures and you know the market these days for the English Championship is is enormous it's overheated you know and just in the last five years and Saints look at the sale of Stevie May to an an English Championship club we got 750,000 pounds for him he had scored more than 20 in the Championship for Hamlin he came back to Saints in 2013-14 scored in Europe against a good side against Rosenberg Scored 27 goals, won the Scottish Cup, got to a League Cup semi-final, finished in the top six, and we got 750 grand from him, for him. He didn't get near the Scotland squad either when he was uh, doing all that. Yeah. Um, I think Gordon Strachan said, oh, we need him for the under-21s, and then we played Kenny Miller and uh, Chris Martin for the next couple of games. I mean, could you imagine a young Scottish striker now coming through and banging in 27 goals at the age of 21? How how many well, I mean, he would get in that first season? <laughs> well, we all know that Gordon had his favourites anyway. Uh, but that, <laughs> we could have a completely separate podcast about uh, Gordon Strachan's Scotland tenure. Um, yeah, you you make the point. Um, he's proven. Um, if we do look at the the international uh, aspect of it, you're you're kind of hinting at Shanklin there, who Shanklin certainly had goals in the championship. Uh, he hasn't played yet realistically is he proven at premiership level well you could argue actually that he's failed because he left uh, and went and had to drop down uh, the divisions to kind of find his feet um we'll see about that whereas you know i i look at dykes and and i think he had two very good games for scotland um and it's not pie in the sky to suggest well when we're that short on the ground why is ross you not even being looked at yeah I think it's funny Funny you bring up Shankland and just the international context of him as well. He's the oldest of the three when you look at Dykes, Shankland and Ross Stewart. He has two Scotland caps and one Scotland goal. That one Scotland goal is more goals than he has scored in the Scottish Premiership, having played for two different clubs uh, since 2013 in the Scottish top flight. He's never scored a Premiership goal. Mm-hmm. Um, he never scored above the Scottish Championship level. Now, he scored an awful mm-hmm. lot of goals in the Championship between 2017 and uh, 2020. But, you know, there's a there's a pretty big jump there. Um, you're playing against Arbroath and Aloha and banging them in against them. It's going to be different when you come up to the Premiership and start having to play against, you know, much tougher teams. I think, actually, Saints game against United, first game of the season, was maybe a bit of a lesson for United and just what the difference is, you know, I think if United in the Championship last season get a penalty in the first five minutes, score it, and then the opposition lose a man before half-time, they would have gone on 1-3-4-5-nothing. 
th- mm. this season they that happens and they end up drawing one all and you know giving up an awful lot of chances against the team with ten men. There there is quite often when teams come up that you know first few weeks it takes some a bit of time to realise oh this is the level we're playing at now. People you know have a bit. You quite often hear people saying oh there's not much difference between the top of the championship and the bottom of the Premiership. There is. It's just the intensity and the the quality you'll come up against is a bit of a jump. So it'll be interesting with uh, Shanklin to see if he can even get to the level that um that that Dykes and Stewart have. I'm I'm sure he will. Uh, I can't see him scoring less than you know eight, nine, ten goals for United this season. But is that an extraordinary return for a, a striker like him? I'm. Well, for an international striker who's meant to be the main talisman for Scotland at the moment, or so we think, uh, it probably will become Dykes now. But yeah, um, your, your point is uh, absolutely spot on. Um, we're talking about conversion rate, really. And whereas he would have had a conversion rate of one in five chances or, or something like that in the, in the championship, he's not going to get five chances every game now. Um, and certainly we saw that when County came up. You know, you're just not, you're not going to get the same amount of chances because the level of defending and just the possession play and the quality of the midfield is much better. So what he would have had in the championship, he's not necessarily going to get in the premiership now. So I will be interested to see if the quality will still shine through and you'll still be able to to convert and get that conversion rate down. Yeah, if we're going to advocate for uh, young Scottish strikers, um, you know, being promoted for big, bigger things and uh, and international honours or whatever. I'm I'm going to put Callum Hendry forward. He's uh, he's younger than Dyke Shankland and um, and Ross Stewart. He scored seven, he scored nine goals in all competitions last season. I think that was eight in the league, um, including goals against Rangers, against Motherwell, who finished right up the top of the league. Um, you know, lots of lots of good stuff there from a, a young guy who um, you know, who had a really good season last season. And we really hope he kicks on this year. If he could just take a chance, maybe starting on Saturday against County, it would make hopefully not starting on Saturday. <laughs> well, you know, for for me and my audience, I think we we want to see a goal. But um, yeah, well, we'll leave that there. It's it's an interesting discussion because it's two it's two teams who are probably going to be quite evenly matched all season, and we're already seeing that split in the league between the top four and the the bottom eight, who you can yep. kind of throw a blanket over. Um. At, at the moment and um, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops over the next few months Sure, sure is yeah. Right Adam, thanks for joining us and uh, I'm sure we'll speak again later in the season Cheers, thanks for your time Thanks again for listening please do subscribe to the podcast through your usual podcast app and follow us on Twitter at WAP1884 Please also follow the 12th Man the new home of Scottish football fan media at 12th Man XII Thank you